Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. From billboard chart toppers to household names, Stefan Lovegrove is America's life coach. He's the go-to coach for influential people who need a shift. But let's learn about his story, about being gay and growing up in a fundamentalist cult or something that happened in college that really changed the trajectory of his life. Listen up to Stefan Lovegrove's story. Stefan, I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for coming all the way from LA uh, to meet with me. It is great to be here. Thank you. I'm so interested in your story. And I want to also but honor you first for your your enthusiasm for life, you know, and it comes out in everything you do. And I'm so attracted to that. And that I think is a little bit of your special sauce. Will you tell us a little bit more about your special sauce? Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. I believe everybody deserves a life that they love. And I recognize that if that's not where somebody is at today, that can feel like a daunting thing, right? And there's so many paradigms. You know, I often use the example, I was in high school at a friend's house one day and my friend's dad had just gotten home from work and, you know, he was tired, long day, probably rough day at the, at the office. And he said, nobody likes going to work. That's why we call it work. You just have to go anyway. <laughs> and I remember hearing that and thinking, I don't care how many people feel that way. I disagree. That's not going to be my paradigm for work. That's not going to be my paradigm for life. So we have all these paradigms about, you know, it's normal to be tired. It's normal to be broke. It's normal to not like what you do mm -hmm. for work. And I just believe that everybody deserves a life that they love. And that's the direction we want to move in. So uh, what is my secret sauce? I help people get what they want from the inside out. That's the formula. If there, <laughs> if there is one, uh, it's the inner work that changes everything is what I'm about. And it, and it exudes in everything that you do. And I agree with you. I, you know, I often hear from my clients like, well, it is what it is. I'm like, but it doesn't have to be what it is. And why are you so okay with it being at that level? I have a very close friend who she just can't come up. That's just where she lives. And I, and she isn't willing to expand herself, even though I've been trying forever to get, you know, to expand herself to that. And she says it every time I speak to her and I'm, oh, it, oh, it, like, honestly, it hurts my soul to hear somebody that I love be like, yeah, it is what it is. So I'm real, I'm in on your message hundred percent. Well, and that's difficult because our brain always wants to reset to what we know to be normal. 
And so, you know, for everyone listening today, you've got a normal that you're used to in relationships, in your body, in money, in every single area of your life. And I think why we want to become present and really assess things is unless you do some purposeful efforts to get in there and change something, your brain is just going to reset to normal. And so when people say it is what it is, yeah, because it's your normal. It is what you created it to be. But I'm 100% in agreement with you. It is what it is at the moment, and it also can be changed. And that, and yeah, that's amazing. I, I'm curious how, how you came to that thought process. Cause you had been through a lot as a young adult, you got to the city. I think I'd love to hear the story about how you met your first life coach, how you made that decision. So that was like your purpose in life and what really got you started. So, you know, what's funny is I still cannot for the life of me, remember <laughs> how I came across this person on social media. And isn't that often the case where like somebody comes across the right. feed, we don't even realize Universe. The time that they're going right. to change our lives. But, but this guy, Jordan Bach, who was a life coach in New York, came across my feed. And as someone who had recently came out of the closet, as someone who was trying to learn how to love himself and and also figure out what I believed, what was true for me, what mattered to me as I grew into adulthood. I came across this life coach, Jordan Bach, and I started following him. And I, I mean, I watched his YouTube videos. I read his blog. I, I went through everything on his Instagram, you know, all the stuff we do when we social media stock <laughs> somebody new. And ultimately... Jordan Bach. So first of all, he was the first life coach I had ever met. And I always point out the fact that I didn't know what a life coach was never stopped me from being drawn to him, learning from him, benefiting from him. I think a lot of people are worried about what if my brand identity or what if what I call myself is a term that not a lot of people are aware of. And I just think that's a made up limitation. You know, I didn't know what a life coach was. And yet, didn't stop me. I resonated. So <laughs> I, I tell people, don't, don't feel that that's going to scare somebody yes. off necessarily or let the titles get in the way. I just knew he had a message I needed to hear. And I was in the middle of when I encountered him, four years of therapy, uh, all of which helped me in, in various ways. But there was something about life coaching that I very quickly figured out had the ability to move people forward very quickly. I think a lot of it for me was that my therapy experience was very focused on the past. And don't get me wrong, there was a lot I needed to process about my childhood. There was a lot in the past to dig through. But life coaching became about the present and the future very, very distinctly. And so I recognized it had the ability to move me forward. And then one day, I will never forget, Jordan sent me a message and he said, just so you know, if this is something you ever wanted to do, I think that you could really do this. I think that you could consider this. And so he planted the seed of the idea. And that was kind of the beginning. Wow. Yeah. I always, I always like to shout him out for that because I don't know if he had not made that suggestion, if I would be in this position today. Yeah, Um, He made that space for you to have even that possibility of making something happen for yourself that wasn't in your realm. It's amazing. It's a gift. Yeah. So I, you know, the number one recommendation that I always have for people who are considering becoming a coach. I always send people to a book called The Prosperous Coach. Have you read that book? No, I haven't. I'm going to write it, read it I, now. It's on my list. Well, I love The Prosperous Coach. I feel like it, it explains what coaching is about, the power of coaching. Why would someone want to hire a coach and why would someone want to be a coach, right? All of that good stuff. 
Um, and so I read The Prosperous Coach and I just started learning how to be a coach. And the way I kind of always break it down for people is if you intend to become a coach and, and be a great one, and I would assume people listening, if you're going to do it, you want to <laughs> be a good one. You want to be a yes. great one. Um, so there's two things that I think you're always going to need to be in the habit of, and that is education and experience. So the education piece, I am still to this day, I invest in myself every single year to learn how to be the best coach I can be. And by the way, part of that, so I, I did certain things to learn how to coach, but okay. also I want to say on the education front, I firmly believe you cannot take clients deeper than you've gone yourself. So mm -hmm. one of the reasons I firmly believe I'm a, honestly a great coach is I have a great coach. Her name is Danielle Randall. I'll shout her out, authorized love on Instagram if you want to look her up. Uh, but I have worked with her many, many times over the years. Uh, I work with her to this day. And what I love about having such a good coach is I'm continually having to go there and do the work. And because I've stood in the work, because I've gone first, I know how to lead a client there. So that's part of the education piece to me. Um, and then the experience piece is get out and do it. So I was finishing college at the time and I started doing a bunch of free coaching sessions. And I think a lot of times people are so afraid to do that or so afraid to do it for free, so afraid to mm -hmm, get started. Totally. I say you just got to dive in and that's what I did. And so my first ever session, it was this girl and the only time we could do it was like 1.30 a.m. And I was working a night shift in residence life at the front desk. And she came to the office and we just had this dramatic coaching session and I'm writing on the marker board and she's crying and having a breakthrough. And But I dove in, right? And it quickly reinforced for me, you love this. You can do this. You are meant to do this. And so I, for anybody who's on the fence, get the prosperous coach, but also dive in, dive into the education, dive into the training. That's what I would say. But that had to be part of your personality as well. Like that diving in and taking a chance and moving forward because you went from coaching college co-eds to now celebrities and CEOs. What was that transition like? Like if someone's listening, like, okay, I want to follow what Steven did. What were the tips or what were the things that you did that really made a difference for you? Yeah. So the biggest thing I would say about that transition is it was easier for me in the beginning because I actually had put nothing on a pedestal yet, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. The longer I stayed in the business space, ironically, I learned that there were all of these like rules people had in their head that th this is a big deal and this is a, a ceiling, this isn't a crowning achievement, these people are harder to get, this, this, this person is on a pedestal, right? I didn't have a lot of that starting out, which honestly helped me. You know, oh, in those you, cases, yeah. what you don't know can hold you back. But in this case, <laughs> not having anyone on a pedestal certainly served me. But honestly, when I look back on those days, 2014, 2015, uh, it was the days of Periscope. I don't know. It, I mean, mm -hmm. the app technically still exists, but there was a moment where Periscope was massive. Yeah. Like maybe not quite as big as TikTok is at the time of this recording, but it was pretty big. And I remember I would get on Periscope again and again and again, and I would just show up. And at the beginning, so I hadn't quite figured out the America's Life Coach piece yet, but at the beginning, I would just show up as a life coach and I would be myself and I would help people. 
And there was a season where I was doing that three times a day on Periscope. And so I'd show up in the morning and I'd show up in the afternoon and I, it was a That's lot amazing. of Periscoping at that time. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. It, it is that dive in approach because especially at the beginning of a new chapter, often what you need is just massive action to get the momentum going and move you forward. And so Honestly, you know, I will never forget the first person who ever bought from me literally found me on Periscope because I was streaming from Space Mountain at Disneyland. <laughs> and she was like, you know, things would pop up globally on Periscope. And right. so my Disneyland Periscope from Space Mountain popped up and she saw it from across the country and was like, I was just missing Disneyland. She tuned in first person to buy from me. But, but it really did. And I really believe this was one of the biggest miracles of my life because my first five clients were a lawyer, a healthcare executive, uh, a TV host, an actress, and a megachurch pastor, which was quite the spectrum. <laughs> but the point is, I didn't go after any of those specific archetypes at that point, right? I wasn't mm -hmm. trying to be a celebrity coach. I wasn't even trying to be an entertainment coach. But that's just kind of how things unfolded as I showed up and I figured things out from there. And that's and that's amazing. And that's honestly, that's how it works, you know, putting out good content. But I love your messy action. That's the and that's the, the word we put around it. But I'm so in agreement with you about the rules and the things people say and the things people were supposed to do or not supposed to do um, is really a tool that you need to use to move your move your business ahead move your life ahead move whatever you're working on ahead because there's none of those blocks you know I, the internal blocks are enough to put all those other blocks in your way it's just too much yeah and i love that you use the word messy we can coin a phrase today <laughs> hashtag messy massive action if you're posting yep. about this episode you can join us in that hashtag but the thing about it is and i was just speaking with a client about this yesterday actually we never integrate a new identity overnight. So if you are at the beginning of a business journey, one post, one sale, one client is not going to solidify in your mind that you are a business owner, right? Not going right. to solidify in your mind that you are successful, that you are a coach, that you are a CEO. One anything is not going to do it. Um, that's why, by the way, when people have a viral moment and suddenly have massive sudden fame, it, it often doesn't last or, or if it does, it doesn't necessarily go well. It's a little bit of a rocky <laughs> road because we're not good at integrating new identities overnight. And so the thing, and I always tell this story, but in 2015 to 2016, I promised myself that for one year straight for 365 days, I would show up three times online. And at this point, America's Life Coach was coming into form. And I promised myself I would show up three times a day as America's Life Coach. And I just knew 1,000 times of showing up later, something would have had to be built in that process because that really gave me the chance to cement and solidify a new identity. And so that's why the messy, massive action is important is one thing is not going to create a new identity in yeah. your life. You've got to stay consistent with it. And I, I feel like people listening are be like, wow, he like three days, three times a day is a lot for a lot of people. So I, you know, I'd ask people listening, like, then start with one day. It's just like you said, putting one step in front of another and just moving through it. Cause I feel like if you're in action and you're doing that messy, massive action, then you don't have time or the bandwidth or maybe even the headspace to be like, wait a minute, is this right? Is this not right? Am I gonna look stupid? I'm not gonna look stupid. Like if you just hit play 
or not play, because I'm old, I say play. <laughs> you just hit, you know, the button on your phone and record, then you're, you're moving into it. And I honestly, I did a video two days ago now that was the slowest I've ever spoken on the video on video. Because I'm from Jersey, so I'm a fast talker. But I had had a, a, like a breakthrough. I literally wrote down all the, the five things that I have been telling myself for the last year. I'm not a good writer. I don't know numbers. You know, I'm not, people don't follow me because I don't follow them. You know, all the stuff that was holding me back from moving forward. And once I let go of all of those, that franticness in my head disappeared. And I see everything I'm doing so much more clearly, but I had to do that work, but I had to do that messy action where I had to reach out to you be like, Hey, do you want to come on the podcast? I had to reach out to other people who I honestly didn't think would say yes. And now that they're all saying yes, I'm just move. I'm taking that momentum with me. Um, but I think that switching your brain, like just doing it is, it's not that simple to do. It's easier to say, but when you just do it, it is actually simple to do. Well, and I also just want to make a point here about in that beginning time, one trap that I think a lot of people get stuck in is you feel really busy, but it's a lot of worry. It's a lot of stress and it's a lot of overthinking. And there would be days in the beginning of my business where I would feel like I thought about, keyword, thought about my business all day long, right? But thinking about, especially overthinking and worrying about your business doesn't get results. And so, you know, when we talk about three times a day, I just want to make it clear, it doesn't have to be a long live stream three times a day. You know, there would be days, Beth, where my three times a day, I would literally type a sentence and I would do a one sentence post hashtag America's life coach. And that would be the post, but I was honoring the commitment to myself. And I, the reason I challenge people, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be complicated, but especially if you're, if people don't know who you are and what you do and how it can help them or why it should matter to them, you've got to drastically move the needle in terms of showing up. So, you know, three times a day, whether that feels big to you or small, if people don't know those key things, who you are, what you can do and why it matters to them, you really do want to generate, and it is worth it to generate all of that showing up so they know that you're on the map, you're on the radar. Well, I want to thank you for giving permission to everybody to do a one sentence video. And those, and you actually just laid it out. Like those are the three videos you need to do. You know, who you are, what you do and why it should matter. So I, I challenge everyone listening and hashtag Steven and I to make that happen for themselves. And I, I was just talking with someone the other day. I cannot tell you how many people will ask me for advice about sales, getting clients, monetizing, all of these things. And I go to their profile and no judgment on this because we've all been there at one point, but I go to their profile and I, I scroll down and I scroll down some more and I scroll down some more. And I, looking for it, cannot figure out who they are, what they do, why it matters, who it's for, who it's helping, right? So everybody, I encourage you today to, this is very practically helpful advice. Look at your top three social media platforms and open your profile and pretend that you were looking at it from a stranger's eyes and ask yourself, could <laughs> I figure out who this, right, who this person is, what they do and why it matters? Could I figure that out looking at this profile? Because if you go down 18 posts and all we figured out is that you have a dog and you recently went to Fort Lauderdale and this, that, the other, 
something is not connecting with the people you're here to serve. Okay, so I'm gonna go fix all of my platforms after we speak. But my next question is, so where did the America's Life Coach come from? Yeah, that's a very good question. So it came to me intuitively very softly at first. And I thought that is absurd and I'm not going to do it. And the funny thing is you often know that something's really meant for you when it won't go away. So if you have an idea or a desire or a dream, and even if you ignore it and put it off to the side, it doesn't go anywhere. It's still there. That's really a sign that it's probably meant for you, that it's not you being distracted by somebody's shiny object syndrome over here. But no, that like, that's the one that probably is meant to be yours. And so this idea stuck. And to my best estimation, I want to say it stuck somewhere around eight, nine months before I ever put it up online. And I say that because this was not like a spontaneous spur of the moment branding decision, right? And I think it's important for people to know that because I think a lot of times people try branding gimmicks mm -hmm. and wonder why it doesn't land. This was not a branding gimmick, right? Um, and, and by the way, it's been so funny over the years. I just laugh at it now, Beth, but the number of people who have come into my orbit and then they try like two weeks later to say, America's number one something coach. And I'm like, that's not, <laughs> it's not the words, that's not the formula. It's what's right for you. Please wow. don't go change your bio to America's something coach and think that's the answer. That, that's not the answer. But that phrase stuck with me for you know, over half a year. And it, I just kept sitting with it. And even to be honest with you, even when I posted it, I, I didn't feel like I was quite ready, but I knew this is not going anywhere. This feels intuitively right. I believe this is meant for me. And so I posted it and I, I made it a daily question of mine. What does it look like for me to be America's life coach today? So it was simultaneously, not just what I was declaring to the world, but what I was choosing to live into. And I have to tell you, this got me all emotionally, ooh, the other night, and I haven't shared this anywhere else, so you're getting an exclusive here, but the other night someone did a post. I don't, I, honestly, I don't even know who this person is. They did a post and they said, this guy came across my Facebook timeline in 2016. And I saw that he declared himself America's life coach. And I thought that's really audacious. So how could I not give it a follow? Because I thought that was pretty big thing to claim. And he said, you know, I've been watching for the last five years and I really have seen him become that, grow into that, embody that in every way. And I watched him be on his favorite channel on Hallmark this week. And I just have to say, you really are America's life coach, whatever. And that meant oh. so much to me oh because- I, I felt that it was big shoes that I was giving myself to step into claiming it. That's why I tell people, don't just throw something up there. You're not ready to live into. I felt the weight and the gravity of this. And I read that post the other day and it meant so much to me that the guy was willing to follow and go on that journey with me. And I, I always say to my online community, everything that I tell you I'm going to do, I'm going to do. You follow me long enough, everything I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do. I think that stands out in the entrepreneur space because I think there's a lot of people who throw around goals and numbers and all these audacious things and nothing comes to pass. Everything I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do. And anyway, that's, that's really the journey that it's been. But that post 
meant so much to me because he got it. He got that I was claiming something and I was claiming something audacious, but it really did feel like my destiny. It really did feel like what was meant for me. And I had every intention of living into it. And it, it was just, it meant the world to me that he came back five years later to say, you are America's life coach. You sold me, you did it. And I was like, well, thanks for sticking along for the ride. That was that long, but, uh, but that's the story. Oh my God, I'm crying because it's it's so, you know, it's just so amazing to watch to the impact you and I and other people in our business really make on people's lives and we don't even know it. Like you didn't know this guy for five years. You don't know anything about him. But all you do know is that you touched him enough for him to follow you and then to tell his audience or his community or his friends and family, hey, you guys should check out this guy too because he's living his dream and he's talking into, you know, he's talking his future into himself. That's amazing. And so while we're talking, I want, so, you know, I do business and publicity coaching and I wanted to be the exposure coach. My husband bought me a t-shirt, like literally embroidered t-shirt and all this stuff. And I was like, but that's not what people are called. So thank you for the permission to say what I really want to step into is help people with their exposure. And just because that's not a term, why not coin, coin it myself? So I want to thank you for that. It's, I love your story, Stefan. I really do. Well, I'm so glad that we could address that then, <laughs> head on today. And here's the thing, your energy makes all the difference in your success. And I really believe this principle. If your energy is behind something, people are going to feel that, right? And the yes. truth is this, I was aware of this. When I, it's just like the microphone. You know, I started doing live streams all the way back in 2016, holding a handheld microphone. And I can't tell you how many people have commented since Hallmark this week at the time of this recording have commented and said that I've been watching since the microphone days. And I have to comment back and say, <laughs> oh, the microphone is still there on my personal live stream. But I, I started doing this microphone and I, I remember thinking, this could come across as cocky. This could come across as over the top. This could come across, you know, one of my longest term clients first saw me with the microphone and got triggered and thought, who the hell does he think he is? <laughs> so I knew that all of that was a possibility, but my energy was behind. I really did feel America's life coach. And that's why it translated. And what I want people to know is if you feel it, other people are going to feel it too. And it's going to translate and you can walk into the room and be received, but it has, you have to have your energy behind it. And if you're selling something that your energy is not behind, please stop. If you're trying to grow something, your energy is not behind for your own sake, not for mine. I don't care for, for your own sake. Please stop trying to do something or grow something or sell something, your energy is not behind because that is the key. And Beth, if your energy is behind the exposure <laughs> coach, then by God, be the exposure coach. I might have to step into it. I have to think about it more because I don't know if I'm full, my full energy is behind it. Um, but I, you know, I, but that's so true. And I wanted to talk about a little bit about your book because I, I did read it the whole thing yesterday. Um, and as I'm going through it, I, I'm saying, yes, I'm saying, oh my God, I'm saying to myself, you know, I've never taken out that piece of paper because in the book, you recommend take a piece of paper out so you can do the exercises. I've never done that until yesterday. Because I, you know, I just wasn't, I don't think I was able to really open myself up to like really learning from words on a page. I'm so much more this way. I'm so much more in person. Um, but I've been through a lot of trauma in the last couple of years that gave me <laughs> the opportunity to grow 
you know, <laughs> that horrible things that happened in my family that gave me the opportunity to, to really look at myself and really take that time to say, who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? Um, but in the book, in the, in the book, you talk about shame and guilt versus shame. And that really resonated with me because I felt so much guilt about things that happened, but I, I didn't understand that that it actually was guilt. I thought it was shame. So quickly, I'll tell you, my son and I went to lacrosse game and a boy on the field had a heart issue and died on the field. A 17 year old boy. Five months later, I was in a really bad car accident. Three months later, my father-in-law was taking out the garbage and was hit by a truck and passed away. So this all happened in eight months and I lost my shit for about a year and a half. I really did. I don't think I've actually talked about it on my podcast yet, but Stefan, you definitely, you give that space to a lot of people. So I figure I'll share. I was that person that didn't need help. I was that person that wasn't reaching out. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have any of that stuff because I didn't think I needed it. And to be honest, I was really doing fine. I was really growing my business. I was, I wrote a book, you know, my book came out. I was in Oprah the day I was in the hospital for the car accident. You know, I, I have a full feature in Oprah and I'm literally sitting in a hospital bed going, uh, do, do I have a concussion? Like what's going on with me? So while I was reading your book, it was so much validation for me. And I, and I love you talk a little bit about what you want people to get from each of the chapters that I've done that work and I was on the right track. And you're, and as I was reading, I was saying, yes, it was like, okay, because I've done that and these are the right answers and it's working for me. Yeah. Well, it's, I feel like I probably maybe hit people over the head with, you need to do the work when I wrote that book years ago, because <laughs> here's what I know is it's possible to be in the world of self-help and personal development and not deal with your own stuff. That's very possible. You can attend events, you can listen to podcasts, you can read a bunch of books and not confront your own stuff. That's real. And what I wanted, because the book is called How to Find Yourself, Love Yourself, and Be Yourself, The Secret Instruction Manual for Being Human. But the point is, yourself is in a lot of those phrases, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, from my perspective, there's no way to do any of this work without getting to know yourself and doing the real work within you. And that's what I wanted people to do. And so that's why I gave so much deliberate encouragement. Pause, do the journaling, do the exercises, do these things. And some people are going to read it and realize they've already gone on this journey of self-discovery. Other people, this is completely brand new and everywhere in between. But that's why I wrote it that way is there's no bypass to doing your work. You know, you can try to out manifest the, the inner stuff you won't look at all day long, but at the end of the day, there's no bypass to doing your work. No, and I like the questions that you asked because you, you asked what makes you amazing? What makes you feel alive? What makes you angry? Like, that's not a question that we normally answer. Like, what makes you angry? And that took me a little bit to understand what makes me angry about myself and about my, you know, what's going on in the world around me. I don't listen to the news anymore, to be completely honest. So I don't actually know what's going on out there, which might be irresponsible, but that's what it is. Um, but what makes me amazing? I'm, I can answer that. That's easy for me. Um, and honestly, like being a coach, I, people tell me that. They tell me what makes me amazing. I can agree or disagree, but I get the feedback that solidifies that those are true. Um, but what makes me alive and what makes me angry? Like, why are those questions so important to ask yourself? Yeah, well, I think the biggest answer I would say is because all parts of you matter and all parts of you belong. You know, we we talk a lot about unconditional love. I I mean, 
I feel like I grew up in a religious context even that would talk about it, but really have no room for it in their belief system. Um, because we didn't believe in a God of unconditional love. You know, I was taught to believe in a God that was going to torture 99% of people eternally forever. So we didn't believe in unconditional love, ultimately, I would say. Um, but, but unconditional love means there is no condition in which I'm not going to love myself. And there is no part of me that I am not going to love. And the reality is, what makes you alive is, of course, a part of you, but so is what makes you angry. What brings you pain is a part of you. What gets you fired up in any direction is a part of you. And so I guess my biggest answer to that is because all parts of you belong. And, um, you know, there's a book, Deeper Dating by Ken Page, that I love. And he talks about often the places where we have been the most wounded, where we may have been the most hurt or angered, where we may have been the most in pain, reveal our core gifts. And there's just connections there. You know, some of the biggest civil rights and justice movements in the world were started by people who were really angry, who said, this is not acceptable anymore. This has to change. And so I think it's all part of you. It all deserves, it all belongs, it all matters, it all deserves to be loved. And I think what makes you angry is significant. And I don't mean like, you know, when I'm sitting in traffic and I'm late for work <laughs> and I'm agitated in the moment, I mean, on a deep soul level, what matters to you and what makes you angry is showing you what matters to you. So oh, I love that Stefan a lot. What makes you ang angry is what matters to you. That's really, I think that's really interesting because I don't think people examine that, you know, it's really, it's much easier to, to talk about how you know, the, the thoughts that you believe about yourself is what you live into and giving yourself grace and all that stuff. But that part was real, was harder for me to answer. You know, what makes me angry? What makes me angry? My kids don't listen, but that's not really what we're talking about. Like what internally makes me angry about myself, about my, you know, about the way that I think um, or the things that I do to myself. And that's honestly, that's where I went. I went to, I'm angry at the blocks that I put in my, in place to stop me from growing or I'm angry that these things have happened to me and I couldn't get around them for so long. Um, for me, it was like, I was angry at myself for not being stronger because I didn't yet understand that giving myself grace was the strongest thing I could do. Mm. Yeah, and I think judgment is a huge, it, it has emerged as a huge theme of my work over the years. Right. Um, because we are all so good at judging ourselves. I mean, really, <laughs> aren't we? And I always use this analogy, uh, pick a sauce or a topping. What's a, what's a sauce or a topping for food that you really do not enjoy? Pesto. Okay. Well, I, so my example is blue cheese. We're going to use blue cheese and pesto today. Okay. So here's, here's the way that I view judgment, right? Whatever the core issue is, let's say there's a, a bowl of pasta and this is the core, it's an imperfect analogy, but go with me here. There's I'm a bowl of pasta and, and this represents the issue itself, which could be, um, you know, this is how much money I have in the bank account. This is where I'm at in my career. This is how many pounds my body currently weighs, whatever it is, right? The bowl of pasta is the issue. But then 
our ego comes in and begins to offer judgment. And the way that I conceive of it is, let's say in this case, pesto is the sauce we don't like. It's like we take that jar of pesto and we just dump some pesto on, and then we dump some more pesto on, and then we dump some more pesto on. And every single time that we put more judgment, we're just throwing on more of that sauce that we hate. And before we know it, we just have a bowl overflowing with this horrible, and I actually like pesto, but we're working with your example and everyone listening can substitute their own. But the reason I use this example is the pasta wasn't so bad until you covered it in that awful sauce you hate, right? And that's what judgment does. It takes something that could have been no big deal, that could have been easily changed, or that simply could have been neutral, and it turns it into this overwhelming, crushing excuse to withhold love from ourselves. And so that's why I'm so big on, you know, people talk about forgiveness work a lot. And one of my mentors says the biggest forgiveness work most of us need to do is forgiving ourselves for all the judgments that we have placed on ourselves. And I am so passionate about that. You are never going to judge your way into success. If you judge yourself in your business, it's not going to lead you to success. If you judge yourself for the body you currently have, it's not going to lead you to the transformation you want. If you judge yourself in dating, it's not going to lead to your soulmate, right? This principle holds across the board. You're not going to judge your way to success. No, you're not going to judge your way to feeling better. When I gave up the judgment and gave myself that grace of time to heal, that's when I healed and I healed so fast. I'm not completely healed, to be honest. But I I healed fast. I healed enough to be able to move on and and start creating the life that I wanted. Um, and that's what one of the things that I really like in your book as well as well is that you focus on the gift of the moment and how because I know for myself, you know, I have two teenage boys. Um, they're going to be like this time next year. One of them will be in college, and then I only have one more year till the other one leaves. So I'm so aware of what Corona has given me, the moments it has given me but also being present at those moments and how many people I see that my clients or the people in my universe aren't present. So I really appreciated like that you brought that up. What was that? What was the thought process behind really focusing on gifting and giving yourself the gift of moments? Yeah, well, it really was one of the biggest aha moments in my entire life, as I share in the book, to realize life is only ever happening in the present moment. And this, uh, this is also an imperfect analogy, but uh, I like metaphysics through metaphor you're figuring <laughs> out today if you're listening yes. to this. So th- this is the way I view it. it. It would almost be like, remember the vintage Netflix would send DVDs or mm-hmm. Blu-rays back in the day before Netflix is what it is today. It, it would almost be like this. It would almost be like if you have a membership and you're just continually getting sent DVD after DVD after DVD, but you don't have a DVD player. And so literally you're getting sent and here's a new movie for this week and here's another one and another one, but you can't play any of them. That is how it is if you don't know how to be present and live in the moment. Because the only way that life ever shows up for us is as one present moment after another. And so the reason this is so important to me is to the degree that you know how to live in the present moment well, you know how to live well. And if you can't be in the present moment, you're not going to be very good at life. And I, I, this is just an essential principle to me because this is the only way life arrives. And, and by the way, for everybody who wants change, it's easy for us to tell stories about 
if I was in another moment, another season, if I had this different, once this changes, once this happens, it'll all be better. Change only happens in the present moment as well. And so I just believe the present moment is the gateway to everything. It is the gateway to peace. It is the gateway to joy. It is the gateway to everything you want. And, you know, speaking of judgment and healing, um, I think we often think about healing as this big dramatic thing, like, have I been healed, right? And to me, even healing is much more a present moment thing because in every single moment, I have a choice. Am I projecting the past onto this moment or am I heart open, mind open to something new? Am I judging myself in this moment or am I heart open, mind open to something new, to what's here for me? And I just believe it's the gateway to everything. And I think there are people listening to this who have experienced so much, who have gone through so much, and you you feel like you have so much past memories and trauma and judgments and all of these things. And I think it's so freeing to know all you have to do is just lean into this moment. You don't have to feel like you have to undo 35 years of whatever, but what if you just leaned into this moment? And what can you create from that moment? And what and what and what are the possibilities and what what's your potential around those moments? I really live by this principle. I did something called uh, landmark forum years and years ago. I don't know if you landmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I got out of it like nothing means anything to you. Give it meaning, so you can give it negative, positive meaning, and whatever, and then live into that. So why would you give it negative meaning? If you give everything that you can a positive spin or come to it with a positive attitude, then it works for you. And then life can work for you. Um, and I honestly, I parent that way too. And now that I have older teenagers, seeing them w- live into that is the most amazing experience in my life. And I really like this quote that you have from the book because I took like screenshots of like every page. <laughs> I should show you my photos. Trust that when you decide to be yourself, the universe will most certainly rise up to meet you every time. It can rearrange itself indefinitely to align with the energy you are bringing. Like that, Stefan, is everything. Yeah, That's I, I believe with all my heart in the fullness of being all that you are is everything that you want. And I think, you know, one of the best gifts of growing up gay in a world that told me that was so wrong is I, I was so warned about the danger of being myself for so long that in a weird way, it made me get it really quickly when I left behind the fear and the guilt and the shame. It made it really easy for me to figure out, oh, wait a minute, there is power in me being myself. And I I just believe, I believe this in business. I believe this in love. I believe this in friendship and purpose and everything in life that matters, that being yourself is always the answer. And there's always more of you that you can bring through. And I mean, listen, I'm still working on how do I bring more of myself forward in business? How do I bring more of myself forward in social media? How do I bring more of myself forward in television? So I've been, you know, I've been in the personal growth journey for 10 years. I've been a coach for almost seven years now, and I'm still trying to bring forth more (laughs) of myself. So there's always a new layer of that, but Being yourself is so, so powerful. And again, in the fullness of being all that you are, I believe is everything that you want. 
Oh my God, my mind's blown. And I, to- and I totally agree. And I feel like for me, the podcast is that place where I can just fully be myself. Like I, I listen back to some of the recordings. I'm like, oh, I said that. Oh, because, oh, I shared that. Oh, okay. Maybe like, maybe I should tell my mom, don't listen to this episode. But it's really because I'm being present with, with whoever I'm speaking to and creating a safe space to have a great conversation that I'm just trying to, you know, step into who I am because I'm so different than I was three years ago. I'm so different than I was eight months ago. Um, so really being able to share that me. You know what's powerful about that? I, um, and I don't, again, you're getting exclusive things here. I don't think I shared <laughs> on other interviews. Uh, when I first got to LA, I worked with a hosting coach named Marky Costello uh, of the Abbott mm-hmm. and Costello, you know, Hollywood family. And she's phenomenal, by the way. And one of the things she talked about a lot is being yourself is a product of not thinking. And I, I'll explain that because it sounds a little bit weird on the surface, but what she would tell us as hosts is the thing that you say that you didn't plan to say that comes out in the moment, that's the being you. And, and we would see this because I would we would practice, practice, practice day after day, week after week in this class I took. And you would see how people would try to become like, this is the, the persona I think I need to be on camera. And it wasn't their best stuff. It wasn't the best version of them. You know, I, I heard Stephen Furtick talk about audition mode where we go into this mode and we think, what do they need? How do, it, how do they want me to show up? And we go into this audition mode as if we're on the voice and we're trying to make the chair spin <laughs> around. And, and what he says, and I think it's very true is that's not the best version of you. The version of you that's trying to make the chairs spin around is not the version of you. The version of you that's not thinking about it and overthinking it, but just lets you come through, that's that's the most authentic version. And so it is the version that you look back and you go, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. And you can't believe it because you didn't plan it. You didn't calculate it. And you were really being you in the moment. And the more we let that through, if we can even let that through 1% more today, the more we let that through, the better. Oh, Stephen, thank you so much for all of that. And I totally agree. And I'm going to challenge everyone listening to just be 1% more of themselves every day. I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully be an example. And I know you're my example to really stepping into who you are and stepping into your genius. So thank you so much for that. But I want to switch gears. Because I know that one thing that I want to know is how you started on TV. How did you really get your first break on national television? Yeah, well, there are so many things that contributed to it. And I, I will speak long story less long, as my coach says. But I, I do want it, to, it's very important to me that we tell honest success stories. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's very disingenuous when people try to oversimplify it because they think it's what people want to hear. But yeah. I'm like, no, but people want the real. People deserve yes. the truth. And so real deal. What, I, I want to say this, what nobody saw is the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails I previously sent for television that went nowhere. I sent emails to get it, try to get an agent, went nowhere. Emails to try to get a manager, went nowhere. Emails to try to get on shows that went nowhere. People didn't see that. So I always encourage, because sometimes people will be like, I sent a pitch, I didn't hear back. (laughs) And I'm like, well, let me encourage you. You didn't see, if you could see my sent folder, 
Uh, I don't know, that would be an expose, but not, not in a bad way. Just you would really see some emails and emails and more emails in that sent folder. So, so I want to say two things about that. Number one is keep going because nobody saw the hundreds that didn't go anywhere. They saw when I got on TV. I also want to say, though, you don't know what you don't know. So what really changed it for me is when I invested in myself and put, put myself in an environment and in a position and connected to the right people to learn what it was that I didn't know about why those emails weren't getting open. So it, it's both, right? It's I kept going, but I also could have sped it up by simply learning what I didn't know, right? I probably could have saved myself a few hundred emails <laughs> if I had just been willing to learn earlier on. Yes. Um, so, so my first, so two things happened to get me my first local and then I'll get to national in a second. One was when I finally believed and was ready for TV and, and was willing to make an ask and everything, you know, so, so Beth and I have both learned from Super Connector Media, the Be Seen Accelerator. We love Chris and Jen. Um, one of the things that I had to learn is you got to ask. You got to put yourself out there. You got to ask. And something really powerful happened where suddenly this woman emerged from my community who had been in my community, who had even bought from me. And it turned out she hosted a local lifestyle show uh, on NBC. And I had no idea that she was even in my community. But when I was in the vibration of it, like ready for TV, knowing I was worthy of TV. So she surfaced. And, and so I went on her show. And then I used the pitching framework that obviously we were taught because you don't know what you don't know. Um, I used the pitching framework, story first, et cetera. And I sent those pitches to Nashville. I was in Nashville at the time. Uh, I sent several pitches to the local shows in Nashville, which by the way, I have been trying to get on for two years, had had no response, no interest, no traction. But when I knew what I was doing with the pitches, things went different. I got one of those, then I got the other, then I got the next. Um, then, so I was in the Beyond TV challenge at this point, and I was connected through that challenge to Tamisha Harris, who I love, who at the time was at CNN Headline News. Uh, I sent her a pitch that week using, and, and part of the key, again, I'm trying to piece together everything and not leave out okay. details of the story. I'm trying to be as helpful for people as possible. But every piece added up. So the fact that I had shown up with a great course in business made that client want to interview me for her lifestyle show. And the fact that I had previous clips of me on video, even if it wasn't a live news segment, got me into the door to Nashville. And then the fact that I had local segments from Nashville was enough for Tamisha to see to put me on national. And right. So I rode the momentum of all of those things. And so I think the biggest part is I had to stay in the process. I had to be willing to learn what I didn't know. And I had to be willing to, to do the next step and then to use it and leverage it to get the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. A lot of people are not willing to do anything, I think, that doesn't look like their end result. And I've been there. And when TV was in that zone for me, it sat around for four years and did barely anything. So what I challenge people <laughs> with is be willing to stay in the process because the next step may not look as glamorous as the end result that you want to be. But when you plant the seed, it, the seed never looks like what you get in the end. And you still have to be willing to plant the seed. Thank you so much for that. Because I think people, you know, I get clients all the time. I want to be on Good Morning America. I want to be on Oprah. And I was like, great. 
Have you done your local news? Have you done your local high school? And just had the video from that. Have you done your local paper? Like I would say, start where you are and then grow. But people, like you said, don't want to, and I know you've done this, gotten up at two o'clock in the morning to do some segment from somewhere in the world to have that experience and have that tape so that when you do get, because I'm sure you will be on Good Morning America one day soon, because that's my dream for 2021. So I'm giving that to you. Um, but having that, all of that work and all of those hours and all of that, all of that, you know, the time that you took to get ready and the, the energy that you put behind it, that's what actually was making you successful. And plus putting yourself in the right place and meeting the right people. So yeah, it's working the working your system and the system can take five years. The system can take 10 years. The system's going to take way longer than you think it's going to, but it will work. Yeah. And I think also a huge part of it for me is I had to be willing to honor the TV desire and stay in that conversation, even though everything in the entrepreneur business side of me was like, we have other priorities. This doesn't make us fast money. Like we have other things we should be doing. That was a huge obstacle for me for a long time mm -hmm. is every time I tried to give anything in the TV realm a chance the entrepreneur in me would kick in and say, this isn't immediately making us money. Why are we doing this? And I think uh, one thing I'm very passionate about, and I'm so, I'll, I'll shout out a client story here. I have a client who came to me and really wanted to be a screenwriter and just a writer in general, but really wanted to be a screenwriter. And at the time, all she could see was like, this is the business I have, and this is what I make money in. And the screenwriting didn't seem lucrative in the moment. And so a lot of the work we did together, this is back in 2016, 2017, a lot of the work we did together was about her owning, even if it's not my immediate business right now, or even if it doesn't immediately make money, this really is a desire of mine. This really is a dream of mine, and I'm going to honor it. And she has come so far. She messaged me the other day, and we were messaging each other saying, see you on the red carpet. But she is in talks with Netflix about a Christmas movie. She has a hipster romantic comedy that's currently in discussion to be sold to a different streaming platform and all of these opportunities. And I'm like, you have come so far that we're talking about Netflix Christmas movie and I need the Netflix Christmas movie, by the way. But my point is <laughs> she's come so far from, well, it doesn't make me money right now. So I don't know if I can do it. You know what I mean? And that, so that was a big part of it for me is, I had to be willing to say, I'm going to carve out a little bit of time every day and I'm going to show up for my TV dream at least a little bit every single day. And again, one day of that didn't make a huge difference, but the consistency did. And that's a great tip, Stefan. Thank you so much for sharing your love, your heart, your, your whole self and, and your energy with us today. I'm so grateful to know you and have you in my life because you are honestly one of my inspirations. You're on my, you're on my inspiration board on my bulletin board from now and forever. Thank you so much. Well, I love you. And I love the way that you bring your full self into this podcast <laughs> and share things and we laugh and we cry and it's just great conversation. So thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Oh my God. Thank you so much. You can find Stefan at stefanlovegrove.com. All of his information will be in the notes. And also please don't forget to go to bethnydick.com slash podcast to listen to all our podcasts. And if you are on iTunes, please, please subscribe and review. Have a great day. Love you. Bye.